Welcome back to 5050 Films. I'm Peter. And I'm Autumn, and I just really want to stress, you should already know this, but there are spoilers. I feel, it it says it in our description, I feel like it should be somewhat obvious when you have a podcast about movies and reviewing movies, but whenever a movie is very new, it stresses me out, and the fact that this is the newest Marvel movie stresses me out just a little bit more, so I just want to say, right at the beginning... If you have not watched Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and you don't want to be spoiled, you should stop listening. Right We're now. about to spoil the shit out of Doctor Strange. Um, Autumn's probably going to put uh, the timestamp for however long this section is in the uh, description. I can do that. So that you know if you want to listen to the rest, the other half, where we talk about Tammy Faye and the media break and stuff, she'll give you a good amount of time. To just, like, skip through if you don't want to hear Strange. Or maybe you're here for Doctor Strange. Whatever. And if you are, welcome. Do we have a show for you? Peter has a lot of thoughts oh, about Oh, I am very Strange. opinionated about Doctor Strange. So we went and saw it at the theater on May 7th. We saw it with Peter's mom. Yes. And our I'm friend on. Paul. And we saw it in an almost empty theater, which was a pretty fun experience. It was us, and one guy was there by himself. There was another group of, like, two or three people. Yeah. And we sat, like, right in the me- middle. Peter got- Peter picked out some pretty pretty good seats, I have to say. Yeah. Had a great view. Originally, it put us right next to the other group before. I was like, no. Yeah, I moved us <laughs> down. Yeah, I mean, right, right smack dab in the middle of the theater. It was real nice. So to talk about Doctor Strange... I think something I want to say is here's what I wish I would have rewatched before watching this movie. I would have loved to rewatch WandaVision, which I have to say I've already seen twice. So <laughs> that would have been a third rewatch of WandaVision for me. And I wish I would have watched the first Doctor Strange again. Because in the beginning, they have him going to this wedding for this woman that he loves who... Is his love interest in the first movie, and I totally forgot about her. I had lost a lot of the context for Doctor Strange, his origin story, just because it didn't really, you know, we're so far into the Marvel Universe and so much has happened that my brain just did not decide that was relevant information to keep. So I could have used some updating on that. Yeah. The movie starts with this very trippy scene. It is Doctor Strange and a girl we haven't seen before who we'll later find out is America Chavez, who you knew was going to be in this movie, right? You yeah, already... I saw it in a, tra- in a thingy. I saw it in a trailer and I was like, wait, is that Miss Marvel? And it's not Miss Marvel and I was a little disappointed, but it makes more sense that it's not Miss Marvel based on her role in the movie. But I wanted to see Kamala Khan because oh, she's okay. pretty cool. Yeah, so they're in... Some, like, trippy world where things are turning upside down. Again, later learn that's the space in between all of the multiverses, but we have no context at that point. They're running around, they're being chased by demons, and Doctor Strange betrays this girl, America, and eventually dies. And then Stephen Strange, as we know him, wakes up. And it was a dream. And then we later learn that every dream is actually something that is happening in another reality in the multiverse. So this girl ends up showing up. There are still demons chasing her. She tells him, you know, this is the truth. He says, prove it. She shows him his own dead body. They bury it. That becomes relevant later. And he goes to Wanda to ask for help with this whole situation because America can travel the multiverse. And Wanda is revealed to be the villain of this story. Were you expecting that? Ah, kinda. I mean, not really. Not, like, fully, but, like, it. I wasn't, like, surprised by it or anything like that. I feel similarly. I didn't give it a lot of thought. Yeah, I think that it actually, like, it, I still think that that actually doesn't make much sense. Her as a villain? No. Why is that? Not at all. Um, I think that... Where they ended off WandaVision, uh, aside from the 
uh, after credit scene where, it's, where you see her perusing the dark hold mm-hmm. um, and hears the voices of her children, there is little to no indication that Wanda is going to be uh, an insane murderous psychopath <laughs> at the end of WandaVision where she very clearly shows lots of remorse not only for the fact that she created a fake vision and a fake life, for the fact that she essentially has slaved the population of a small town. Right. She shows a lot of, like, oh, fuck, like, how, why, I can't believe I did that. Like, that's horrible. You know, like, oh, like, it, she's, like, freaking out and she goes and secludes herself for that reason. So, to insinuate that the Darkhold, in so much off-screen time with no indication that it is doing so, would warp her so badly that she goes from being extremely remorseful about all these people that she didn't kill but enslaved, essentially, um, to now she's just cool with blatantly murdering, like, so many people and, like, heroes and stuff like that. It was a bit of a jump. That's a fair point, but the whole point is that the Darkhold kind of feeds off of those things and makes you... Somebody that you're not. Yeah, but I think I would have liked more. Like she, she didn't spend any time with the Darkhold in Wandavision. She got it at the. She or got in, it at the very end. Right, and in this movie, she's had it. She's had it. So. We didn't. I, I, I actually want. Okay, I'm gonna have a lot of opinions about this movie. The the Wanda thing is part of it, and I think that some of it might have worked better if this. I didn't think this needed to be a movie. I think this should have been one of the miniseries. It would have been a good miniseries. I think it would have been a better miniseries. I know they already did a Wanda miniseries, and they probably didn't want to do a Stephen Strange miniseries, but this would have made so much more sense if we started off as, like, a sequel to WandaVision. We see her using the Darkhold more, and we get the progression from her from, like, from scared to fully evil over, like, a couple episodes, maybe. Because the... Just showing her as fully evil and then going, the Darkhold, it makes everybody evil. It's such an evil object. It's like, I did not get that from the end of WandaVision. I knew it was the bad witch book, but I just thought it was the witch book. I didn't think it was the book that was so evil that everyone who reads it is fully corrupted and becomes a straight-up horror movie murderer. Yeah. I, I definitely can see why you think that. I didn't really struggle to suspend my disbelief in those kinds of ways. I feel like that's something common between us, though, is that those sorts of things don't bother me as much. So, like, small details can kind of get to you more than they get to me. We have very differing opinions on this movie. It's not my favorite Marvel movie of all time. I 100% expected to go into it and rate it outstanding because I love Doctor Strange. I really like the magic elements as opposed to the superhero elements. I love Wong. He's a great character and I like them together. Um, However, this was not, it was slightly like just barely a disappointment for me, but I still called it memorable because so much happened that I know that I'm going to remember. But we actually invented a new category this month because... This is the second very clear time that we wish this category existed. And so Peter rated it underwhelming. Yes. Because awful or boring are, are too harsh. But I really, I, I didn't enjoy myself while I was watching it. And I thought it was like, okay. But I, I have this thing where sometimes I get out of theater after like a big blockbuster like that. And I'd be like, oh, this, is, this is all right, you know. And then the more I think about specific stuff that happened that really rubbed me the wrong way, um, the more I just, like, start to actually just sort of resent that I watched it a little bit. Um, I don't think it was an awful movie. And I don't think, it definitely wasn't a boring movie. But I just, I, you know. I don't think I've ever gotten to see you have that experience, like, since we've lived together. Yeah, you And haven't. I did watch you go, go through all the motions in these past two days of just, like, you were thinking about it constantly. And you were talking about it constantly. That was definitely a new experience for me to um, be a part of. Yeah. Same thing happened with The Last Jedi. Where I was, like... Out of the theater, I was like, it was okay. And then, like, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, the, the, the hyperspace cannon they did was so stupid. It's 
non-canonical. It's ridiculous. And I just got really upset about the whole movie. Like, one, one event that I'm like, why would they do that? Like, slowly sours my opinion of the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. Although, I don't really... There's a lot of parts of The Last Jedi for me that are really bad. Just like, why? Um, but yeah, I mean, this one is just... I just, I don't know. I didn't like it at all, really. Okay, well, we'll walk through some yeah. more parts. So, as far as Wanda is the villain, you didn't like it because you want more context to how I mean, she got to that point. Which is fair enough, because... I... And I... I wanted more context. I, I, thought, I thought it was weird that she was the villain. Just based on that lack of, like, build-up to it, okay. right? I, it didn't get built up enough for me. But having her as the villain is fine. I think it's actually okay that she's the villain. She is a very powerful, you know, hero slash anti-hero. Sometimes she is the villain in the comics. Like, that's that checks out, right? That's personally, I really liked her as a villain because she is so powerful. And I thought that those battles, you see her take on all of, what, what do they call the place where Wong teaches all the students the Sorcerer Supreme loves? Oh, uh, Comertage? Yes. So you see her try to invade Comertage all by herself, facing against all these wizards, and she's, like, getting in their heads, and I feel like she made a really good villain just because of the powers that she has. Mm-hmm. I did... She brutally murders a lot of sorcerers and a lot of other people. I think that's the that's the part where it kind of gets to me, is that that, that really does not seem like her. Like, her fighting against all these people like that does seem really Mm -hmm. realistic to me i can suspend my disbelief for that but like the needless slaughter of so many of these wizards um we can skip right ahead to the illuminati scene if you want she very brutally murders alternate universe (laughs) versions of like i don't know the it's the illuminati it's a concept in marvel and real life as well of like the crazy secret cabal of people that run the run the show and keep the world safe but in this one we had john krasinski as um reed richards we had um a female doctor female captain marvel um but not the usual one no she's supposed to be um i think she's supposed to be the 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 black pilot okay i can't remember what her name is but Captain Marvel's friend? Yeah, Captain Marvel's okay. friend is supposed to be the, the Captain, alternate universe. Yeah, the alternate universe okay. version of her. Um, and then, you know, Captain Britain or <laughs> Captain Carter. Captain Carter, place. the first Avenger. Um, and then uh, I don't know, Professor X shows up and Carl Mordo is the sorcerer supreme in this variety. He doesn't die. Who's the guy with the fork on his head? Black Bolt. He's from the Inhuman series that got cancelled from ABC. Okay. I I never seen it. I guess, I guess it's the same actor, too. They just pulled him out of the... Okay. which I mean, th- That's cool, I guess. But then... And she, like... And, like, Wanda... While possessing this version... This universe's Wanda... Like dream walking or whatever the hell it's called... Like... <laughs> brutally murders... All of them except for Carl Mordo. Because Carl Mordo has a fight with Doctor Strange. Yeah. Which... I mean, like... Whatever. But also... I mean, I was really upset with how some of that went. Not to, not to, not at the like, oh, my heroes can never die. Upset because I really like like some superhero stuff where it's like, I like Invincible heroes die in that all the time. I like uh, the boys, which is just them killing heroes because all the heroes are bad. But like, <laughs> oh man, I was I just like disappointed with how badly they wasted all these cameos, right? Like, Mister Fantastic. I mean, people have wanted the Fantastic Four to work as a concept for so long. They've they had the old sh- movies which were okay. They they tried to reboot it again with Miles Teller and that crew, and it sucked. They tried to bring it back again, and it and the the, the director was like, I don't want to direct this anymore, and he like quit. <laughs> and like I was like, oh cool, we'll get to see Reed Richards do some cool stuff because Autumn's never seen the Fantastic Four. 
And then Reed Richards, like, goes to try to punch Wanda, and she just murders him immediately. And I was like, oh, great. Yeah, he turns into pasta. <laughs> yeah, she turns him into pasta and then pops his head like a Not fucking really, party balloon. But, but he, like, turns into his whole body. She spaghettifies him. That's yeah, fair. Yeah, gets ribboned. And then, like, and then she just, like, you know, she cuts Captain Carter in half with the shield, which is ridiculous. I don't... I realize that Scarlet Witch is, like the third most powerful being in the entire Marvel universe, right? But you, you can't, like, she's just, like, whipping the shield around like she knows how its physics work. It's, I mean, the shield will just, it's, it was very annoying. Um, kills Captain Marvel, causes Black Bolt to blow his own head off um, by removing his mouth, and he's got hypersonic voice. So he, like, he, like, when he starts to freak out, he, like, pops his own skull and you see it, you don't like see it. it doesn't explode or anything, but like he starts bleeding out his like nose and thick his eye or something. It's like that was fucking gross. Thanks Sam Raimi for making everyone watch that. I don't really care because I don't. I didn't watch the Inhuman series, but like, nice. <laughs> like this is like we're we just gonna watch the Omni Man fight, but instead it's Wanda killing a bunch of Marvel heroes. That's cool, I guess. Which I guess that's also a reference to some House of M comic where she murders like six superheroes. Because their children are gone, or something like that. Either way. And then, the thing that pissed me off the most, Professor X, like, he's talking to Strange, gives him some good advice, because Professor X is Professor X. They got, they forced Patrick Stewart to come back to do it. Apparently he had said no, originally. Because he, he had probably stated that Professor X, as a character, he was finished playing him, because the last time he played Professor X, he played Professor X in Logan. Logan is a very good movie. It's a good movie even if you're not really a big superhero fan. It's just really well done and really heartfelt. A really heartfelt goodbye to um, Patrick Stewart as Professor X and to um, Hugh Jackman, Hugh as, Jackman Wolverine. as Wolverine. It's like it is the perfect send-off for both of those characters in the X-Men universe where everyone, where all the other X-Men are dead basically. Right, that's the that's the conceit for that movie. It is so well done. And you have and they, he said no. I've already I'm done with that. And then they must have either offered him a ridiculous amount of money or like found some weird contract loophole that made him play Professor X again. Because all of a sudden he's back in this movie, just so that we can watch him die to some bullshit that Professor X wouldn't have died to. First of all, and like. It, it was, that was infuriating to see. It was like, why, why, I, I was excited originally when I saw him on the, on the cast list. I was like, hell yeah. I, I want to see Professor, I want to see it again. Because he's so good, I figured he'd be a cameo, like a light cameo. Or they'd see him in an alternate universe and he'd like give him some advice or something. Mm -hmm. They'd be like, oh, cool. And then like they'd leave. But to, to, to watch him just get like, like, you know, neck snapped by Wanda in her own mind, which doesn't make any sense because Professor X is like the most powerful telepath in the whole fucking world aside from Jean Grey. <laughs> and like, it was just really frustrating to see that and just go, there's no way he would have any problems like in this scenario. He's He does this all the time and every other situation. And they're just like, no, nah, we just wanted to kill him again for the shock value. It's like, it, it, it cheapens, like, it's that's like Disney being angry that Logan was a really good movie and that they didn't ha they didn't get any of the profit from that because they bought Fox after Logan came out. And it just, like, pissed me off. Like, and I, and I, I was just kind of like, oh, that, that, that's, that's dumb. When we watched it in the theater, and the more I, like, thought about it, I just got angrier about it and looked some stuff up. I was like, this is really, really pisses me off because it, like, cheapens that entire send-off for the character that I've already seen in the theater. But yeah, that that's why... That that core reason right there is the reason why I dislike this movie so much. Like, I really like Wong. I think he's absolutely the greatest in every scene he's in. He's so good. Um, I was talking to my, my buddy last night about it because he watched it and he thought it was pretty good. I was like, the longer I've sat with it, the more I've disliked it. And I gave him a couple of, you know, like, things I didn't like. Um, and I was like, I was like, but I still really love Wong. Like, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch is still very good as Doctor Strange. Zombie Doctor Strange was cool. We haven't even gotten to that yet. 
I thought it was fun though. Like it was like, oh, that's actually really dope. Like he does this, and I, I just, I don't know. I was that just that the whole Professor X thing just really soured it for me, and the fact that they didn't let Mister Fantastic, they didn't want to animate him doing anything. So they, like, showed him slightly extending his arm, and then they killed him. I was like, that's so boring. Like, do you guys really think you can't fully animate this man enveloping her in his entire body yet? Because he, like, just, like, it's like, you know, Mrs. Incredible, basically. Why? Yeah. Go ahead. I <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. Well, we can talk about, like, you know, the, some of the good stuff, because I've already, I've just talked about my main problem, the thing that, that soured the movie so much for me. Yeah. Because, like, like, Wong, again, so good. I, I think, I was joking with my friend, I said that Wong is, like, Seto Kaiba of the, the Mar Mario, the, the, uh, the Marvel Universe, because Kaiba in the Yu-Gi-Oh! show, he's an asshole, first of all, but, which is not Wong. But Kaiba is a really good duelist, and the only person that's better than him is Yugi, because Yugi does some magic, you know, being the main character's special boy bullshit. Whereas Wong is a... He's super consistent. He's a very good sorcerer. He's just not special magic Benedict Cumberbatch boy. So he's not as good as Benedict Cumberbatch, but he's still, like, the best otherwise. He's a sorcerer supreme, for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. Like, I just really like him. He's, like, a super good character. He just does cool magic, like, Chinese weapons and stuff like that. Sick. I really liked America Chavez. She was very Even cool, too. visually, the fact that everything she does is in a star pattern. I wish I knew how to pronounce the actor's name. Gomez is the last Gomez, name. Gomez is like Hoshtel or something like that. Or... So it, it's X-O-C-H-I-T-L, I think. Yeah, we're showing our whiteness, but... I, I just... I, I know that the, the X is like an H mm -hmm. in like Hispanic-style like writing. I think, she, I think she's Either Puerto Rican or Mexican, I can't really remember which one. Or maybe she's not either one. Well, she but it was, seems like a, a, a Oaxaca makes me that whatever. She was great. She was very good. And visually, I loved the stars. I thought they were great. Yeah, the really yes blows it, a star into the world. The so sound cool. of that was really cool too. I yeah. did like that. I also like the contrast of like when her powers kick in. She's got the blue eyes when Wanda's doing her thing. She's mm -hmm. got the red eyes. That was pretty cool. The whole... We haven't even really talked about the whole main conflict. There are two very important things going on. America Chavez does not know how to actually use her power to travel the multiverse. It just kind of happens to her when she gets scared. And the first time it ever happened, she accidentally sent her moms out to she doesn't know where. So she has to try and figure out where they are, but she's never been able to figure out the power. And she meets Stephen Strange in a lot of different universes um and has you know different uh, always kind of a mentor mentee relationship with him but he she can't always trust him because all the stevens are a little bit different mm -hmm. um and wanda is trying to get back to her children who she had in wandavision who she had created and everyone's telling her they aren't real but she's saying i dream about them every night so they exist in other universes so she wants america's powers for herself so that she can travel to the universe where they are. And someone, I think Wong even asks her, like, why wouldn't you just have America send you there? And she says, I want the power for myself because then if they ever get sick, I can cure them. If they ever, you know, she she goes very power hungry, uh, most likely because of the, the dark hold. And they're trying, Stephen and... Uh, America are trying to get the book that is the antithesis of the Darkhold. Do you remember what it was called? I don't know. The Book of Vaseline. I, I don't no, remember. It, it was... started with A. I, oh, it I, did? I thought it was a V. Maybe. Don't. <laughs> so, one of the. This is a problem with this movie that isn't part of my opinion is that they drop a lot of the, like. So, in the, the first Doctor Strange, there's all those little artifacts, and they always say, oh, that's the you know, bracer of Ganamagaro or something like that. You know, some bolt made up, you know, like his cape is the cape of somebody's uncle. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but like, they keep doing that in this movie, but it's for locations that they go to and it's for the MacGuffin that they need to find and it's for <laughs> the location that they're in. And I'm like, 
I'm not gonna remember that. <laughs> like, what was it? The 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 big like spooky castle that the Darkhold was apparently copied from. Was it called like Wendigoon or something like that? Rendigore, Wendicore. Wendicore. I was think. it? I think we didn't have subtitles. And I don't know how. And it was it was Wong saying it, and it was Wanda saying it. And either time I was like, does it start with a W or an R? Is it Rendicore? Wendigar? I don't know. <laughs> it's like this is like a, a set piece. Like they have been here for a while, and I don't know what yeah. it's called. And like you know, other Marvel movies have done the like. You know, they'll do like the, oh, they're in Tokyo, Japan, or the, and it's like that little thing that pops up on the screen, like in like a Fast and Furious movie when they go to a new location and they tell you where they're at. It's like, I would have really appreciated that for like this movie because these are the craziest sounding ones, you know, like, oh, this is the blankety blank. It's the space between worlds. And we remember it's the space between worlds, but I don't remember what it was called like originally. I don't know. Well, we do, as Peter alluded to earlier, get to see some some zombie action in this movie. Yes. That As was I cool. mentioned at the beginning, when America shows up, she proves to Stephen Strange that the multiverse exists. Other, well, he already knows that because of Spider-Man, but that he, his dream was real yeah. by showing him his own dead body, which he then just like buries on the rooftop that they're at. And you think to yourself, you know, it's it's kind of comical the way he goes about it. And Wong's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, eh, "I've buried worse. Don't worry about it." But it comes back around because he now has a Stephen Strange in that universe, regardless of which one he's in. So he gets a hold of the Darkhold in another universe and says, okay, I'm going to dreamwalk now and go save Wong and America and fight Wanda. And he's with another version of Christine, his love interest. And she says, well, how can you do that? Because there's no Stephen Strange in that universe because you are the Stephen Strange from that universe. And he said, I don't think it has to be living. And he's able to dreamwalk through the dead body that he has buried on the roof, who is now partially decomposed, all zombie. And the souls of the damned are trying to fight him off from it because you're not supposed to animate dead bodies it's against the magic rules and stuff so it's but he finds he figures out how to use the souls of the damned <laughs> against wanda and that's eventually kind of the catalyst to get america to a position where she can then convince wanda that she's not gonna get what she wants in the end anyway yeah i thought that was cool because like he, he, like, inhabits the dead body, and then, like, these weird hell spirits come up, and they're like, You can't do that! That's illegal! <laughs> and, they, like, and, they, and he, he's, like, getting attacked by them, and um, Christine, played by Rachel McAdams, of course, um, is, like, she's, like, fight them off with another one. Like, the, was it the Brazier of Balfagar or something? And she, like, picks it up, and she's, Using a candle to, like, f- use it as a flamethrower, which was really cool looking. That was cool. And, like, you, you know that she knows what that is and how what it does because she knew the other Stephen Strange pretty, like... That's true. And far, far deeper. And the Christine in that universe is also conveniently an expert of the multiverse, so... Yeah, very convenient. <laughs> but, and so she, um... So she, like, fights them off and then reminds him, is like, You're a master of the spiritual arts. These are spirits control them or whatever mm-hmm. and then she and then they like you know he's like oh wait yeah i can do that <laughs> and like controls them all uses them as a crazy like spirit wing power up thing very very fun yeah my one of my favorite little scenes in this movie is it, it's set in the same place as this part we're talking about now there's like this haunted house in this universe that's been destroyed where there's an evil Stephen strange they're trying to kill all of the other Doctor Strange is. He says, have you ever had a dream that you're falling off of a high building? (laughs) Like, that was probably me. And they have this fight, and they use the music notes on sheet music. Yeah, that was cool. it was awesome. Visually, so cool, because you've got, like, the orange notes versus the blue notes. Then you could also hear it as it was... It was a great way to incorporate music into a battle scene, which Marvel does so well and now in so many different ways like guardians of the galaxy really appealed to me i always 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 think about the very first scene 
in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, where you it just opens with this big battle, and Baby Groot is just dancing around, and they're playing, you know, old school music in the background, like all the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And I just love how Marvel is able to take a battle scene and add so many other elements to make it visually and audibly appealing. I loved that scene. I thought it was so good. It was really cool. Yeah, that was a good scene. Like I said, like I didn't hate every part of this movie. There's just some very things in this movie that I really made me mad. Yeah, well, like, you there had are other a... parts that I really appreciated. As like, oh, that's really neat. You know, him fighting Evil Strange was super cool. Evil Strange has a third eye because he's used the dark hole a whole lot. And in order to do the dream walk, Stephen Strange has to use the dark hole because that's what Ted teaches you how to dream walk. So he uses a dark hole, and he's there. You know, every time you use a dark hole. Something happens to you, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. right at the very ass end of the movie, right at, right before the credits, he's like he like walks out of his you know walks out of the sanctum, and like just he's walking he's down the crossing street, crossing the street, crossing yeah. the street, like goes to his knees, like ah, and then the third eye opens on his head. That was an awesome way to end it. Yeah, I had just I like leaned over to your mom, I think, and I was like, you know, I thought that was gonna happen, and I had just given up hope that it was. At that point, I was like, eh, well, I guess that's, he's not going to get the third eye. I wonder what the price is going to be. They probably won't tell us in this movie. And then he did get the third eye at the very end. Which, I mean, he can hide. Yeah. I think it's just like a, it's, it, it's that he's now opened himself up to, like, being able to use darker arts or something like that. It's like a, so it's not really that much of a negative. It's just like, it's how he's been changed, I guess. One of your main complaints right away was that you just didn't feel like it was a superhero movie. Yeah. Which I feel like is another place where we kind of differ, because I just really love the magic. And to kind of have that combination of, like, the superheroes, but with the magic, I really love. Which is the appeal of Doctor Strange to me in the first place. I want a Doctor Strange Shang-Chi... Yeah, Next, I, want, I want I want Shang Chi at I the was, sanctum. I was bummed, man. Like I want since they've been they got so much, it's like everything's linking together now. And the Shang Chi, Shang Chi and Aquafina meet. <laughs> I can't remember what her name was. In this, in this, Katie, I think. Katie, yeah, something like that. They meet Wong, Ray Wen right? or something like that. I think is her name and her like Chinese name because they talk about it in the show. But yeah, like she like they meet Wong. And it's like, oh, I need to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they get to go, like, you know, talk about... And I'm so pumped for whatever the next Shang-Chi movie is, because they they they, they hinted at Fin Fang Foom, who's like, I mean, name-wise, it's a little Asian racist, but it's like these crazy race... He's this crazy dragon guy, that like, the dragon aliens they hinted at at the end of Shang-Chi. I'm like, can't wait for that to happen, because it's going to be really interesting. And, like... Shang-Chi, a lot of mystical stuff, but also based in a mythology that I think is really interesting they haven't done enough with yet. Mm-hmm. And also, like, you know, he's he's gotten superpowers. It's superpowers as as a, like, as a, through through magic as a vehicle. The stuff that Strange does whenever he's just, like, attacking stuff makes that crazy, the buzz saw through the bus was really neat. Like, mm-hmm. very early on, the creature throws a bus at him, he's like, like yeah. magic buzz saw through the middle of the bus. That stuff's really cool. I really like that stuff. I just, yeah, I think that a lot of the Scarlet Witch's powers are a little too, like, too witchy Infinity for Stone bendy for me. And I'm like, ah, she's a reality bender. That's never good. <laughs> no reality bender is ever good. And I guess, you know, Strange does it too, but, oh, so mad at how, well, I wasn't really mad about it, but I was kind of annoyed at how easily she got out of the mirror dimension that you're not supposed to be able to leave. Yeah. It's like, oh, cool. Sorcery's not as good as uh, witchcraft, I suppose. Just inferior in almost every way, I guess. Great, <laughs> thanks, guys. But yeah, there's. I want. I wanted Shang. I wanted Shang Chi, or at least some reference to Shang Chi. I wanted. Um, I, I mean, I guess they. 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 Yeah, I wanted Loki. Like they just. They did the whole multiverse split timelines thing with him. I mean, I don't know if... It's got to come in someplace. I told your mom I was really banking on that being the after credits. Was that just a little something to link them together and that is not what we got. Nope, we got 
We got that guy hitting himself. Well, oh, that was cool. Finishing that was funny. himself. Bruce, the Bruce Campbell cameo that apparently Sam Raimi forces in every movie. He just has to have it. I just love that it ended with, oh, it's over. It's and over. Then, and then Cuts the movie the... was over, yeah. Um, we got, for the mid-credits, the actual like important credits now, um, Clea, who is a... But Dormammu's niece and is a, a character that's a love interest for Strange. Because we already established that 616 Strange is like, you know, not going to ever get up with get with Christine because yeah, she married some other married, guy. Yeah. yeah. But, I don't know. What do you think? Do we think we covered it all? Uh, we better have. We've been talking for 35 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into the media break. Okay. I'm still reading all of the same books I was last week, but I came to a very important conclusion that I would like to share, and that is that in Take a Hint, Danny Brown, the reason that I like Zephyr so much, the like main love interest, is that he is basically Roy Kent from Ted Lasso. He is an excellent rugby player, he's very grumpy, and he loves his niece like with his whole heart, and yeah, I think that's why I like him so much, because I, I love me some Roy Kent. I feel like you were pretty grumpy when we met. So maybe that's my thing. It's not a great thing to have, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm also reading Warrior Cats still. Just trying to get through just a stressful time by reading some fun little things. I'm going to be starting The Maidens by Alex Michaelides soon, because that's my friend book club next pick and our... Next meeting is May 22nd, so I'm going to have to get on that. I have been watching Fresh Off the Boat, actually. Finally, really back into that. Peter and I together have started season nine of The Great British Baking Show. We've only watched one episode, but I'm excited to watch that because it is just like one of the most comforting things, I feel like. It's just like the most fun. It's very low-key. Yeah, I love it. No pressure. Um, And I... I think that's pretty much it. I'm going to be starting a Marvel project with my childhood best friend that I'm really excited about. She really needs to catch up on the... Well, I I decided she really needs to catch up on the one she... She hasn't seen, like, any of the beginning ones. So, like, any of the Iron Man movies, the first Thor movies, first Captain America. So we're going to watch all those. And then she hasn't seen any except Black Widow since the pandemic. So, like, she hasn't seen the newest Spider-Man. So we're going to start a schedule to get on that. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I think... I don't know. I've just had a week. Um, I finished up all my school stuff last week. So I'm not, like, as far through anything as I want to be. I'm, I want to read a little bit this week, I think. I want to either go through a couple of, uh, finish off the Expanse, and then hopefully Invincible as well. It'd be really nice. Didn't you finish Band of Brothers? Yeah, I did. I was about to get to that. Um, I finished Band of Brothers with my buddy Paul. Uh, it was very good. Very heart, you know, like, kind of heart-wrenching towards the end. It wasn't, I didn't cry or anything, but it was very, you know, very nice and poignant and meaningful. Um... Yeah, that was that was really good. It, honestly, I recommend anybody watch that. It's a very solid series. Um, now we're gonna start the Pacific next, so that'll be. I've heard that's e- like infinitely more depressing because it's just the Pacific was far more brutal than the uh, than Europe was, and Europe got pretty brutal at times. So that'll be interesting. We'll see how I feel about that. Um, I'm sure I'll like it. I've liked several Hulu, er, Hulu HBO miniseries at this point. And uh, I'm just I'm I'm excited to start watching some of the other ones too, because I think after we do the Pacific, we're gonna do either Chernobyl or John Adams. Either one, we'll have to do them both. But maybe Chernobyl next because it's like only like four episodes or five episodes or something like that. Um, after that, um, uh, I finished the most recent season of Archer. I think it's season or 12 or something like that it's whatever the most recent one is I, I watched it it was very good um archer always gets a laugh out of me they that fast humor and the the you know h john benjamin just has a great voice so it's really entertaining to, to listen to and as he's like cracking wise at the speed of sound 
Um, very good. Uh, I finished finished the la most the latest season of Letterkenny. I know that's like season ten or something like that. Um, uh, I had only had a couple episodes left. I kind of dropped it halfway through the semester because I was working on some stuff and kind of got away from it. That was fun. That's a good show as well. Some fast comedy in that one as well, but you know, from that Canadian basis, which is pretty funny. Um, and then I. I started, I'm, I'm, I want to start another anime, I think I'm going to finish up the second half of Mushiko Tensei, um, but first I decided I wanted to watch Enlisted, um, which is like a, it was like a one season, didn't go any further, um, Fox comedy, I think, um, and it's about uh, this guy, like, you know, gets demoted when he's in Afghanistan because he gets, like, hot-headed, and then he, like, has to... He has to do a rear... Uh, rear echelon stuff back in Florida with his two brothers who are also in the Army. And they have to, like... They do stuff on a on a military base in Florida for, like... They're just, like... They're called Rear D. They're just the guys who do... That's who are home, basically. And, like, assisting the families on, on base and stuff like that. But, yeah... That's that's pretty cool. Um, that's, that's not too bad, and I think that's pretty much where we're at. I haven't gotten any further in Black Lagoon yet. Maybe Paul and I'll watch that a little more, but we won't. But we'll see. All right. This next one we watched, um, I usually do a little stinger for the second movie. Uh, I don't have anything good for this one, because it's going to sound, like, mean if I were to, like... You don't want to sing like Tammy Faye? No, I don't, I don't want to sing or praise the Lord or anything like that. Like, it would just sound, it would just sound like, you know, mean-spirited, I think. But um, we watched The Eyes of Tammy Faye, um, not the 2000 uh, documentary, but the 2021 um, biopic-style movie. Is it biopic or biopic? It's biopic. Biopic? Yep. I think some people disagree with that, but I also like biopic. Um, I've only the... ever heard biopic, and biopic sounds like a surgery, so... It does sound like a surgery. I'm interested in the documentary now, because you said before we even started the movie that people think that is better. And I, I thought the movie was pretty good. Jessica Chastain won Best Ast... Best Ast... Astress. Best Astress. Best, best Actress for it at... This past Oscars, yes, which is why we were interested in watching it, and we picked it this week because we Doctor Strange was just a duh, we're gonna watch that, so we decided to pick another movie that we both have kind of been like wanting to watch. And I don't think either of us were going to pick this on our own time, so it was like the perfect time to watch it. Andrew Garfield's in it as well, which I just want to watch every single thing he does, yeah. He's like the main character in that one too, aside from her. Like she definitely they is the are main basically character. co co leads, but she she is the main character. But like he has a lot of screen time and some screen time where she's not involved as well. So that's why I kind of right. But I think that's because so much of her character is based off of yeah. her relationship with him. And character. I I was in the Oscars. I think there was like a late interview with her. She was talking. About, oh no, it was after she won. Talking about my acting partner, uh, you know, Andrew Garfield. And I was like, oh, like, is he, like, got a minor role in it? Or no, he's just, he's the second character, basically. That's what was weird to me, was I didn't really hear a ton about him when it came to this film. Probably just because he did Tick, Tick, Boom and Spider-Man and yep. this all in the same year. So he had a lot of things going on. There was a lot of buzz about him anyway. But, yeah, this is a big movie for him, too. Yeah. And they're playing, like, real people, which is extra stressful because you're basing your performance off of actual real people. And he was playing someone who is still alive. So... Yes. A little bit stressful. Alive and probably litigious. <laughs> what's, his, what's his first name? Jim. Jim Baker. Jim Baker. Yeah. Um, the guy who... Well, in the movie, we see his start, their start together... Their move through being televangelists, you know, making money hand over fist, essentially. Well, they're traveling. They meet in college, and then they're traveling preachers, traveling preachers essentially. Yeah. Um, they start out working with children, and then they move up. And you basically just see Jim Baker become, like, overrun by his own greed. 
because he yes. he wants to be then be on TV and then he doesn't just want to do stuff for kids he wants to do stuff for adults and then it kind of like ruins it was the very good, family the like the subtle manipulation that he portrays very very well it was very, it was very interesting and of course Jim Baker is still alive um, he's in his eighties now but he's kicking kicking real good finished his stint in prison um, went back to being a televangelist. <laughs> They, they decided to give him a platform after going to prison for wire fraud, many different kinds of, like 24 different counts of wire fraud and uh, some securities fraud or something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, he, he's still still going. Actually, he sells, he, he preaches the end times now and uh, sells survival equipment, emergency preparedness gear. Um, the thing I already knew of, before I knew this was about, that, that, her, that her last name was Baker and it was about the bakers, um, that he, there's something called the baker bucket, because he sells, and it's like a, an emergency ration thing, but it's in a five-gallon bucket that you're, I don't know, I don't know why it's in a bucket, it doesn't seem like a very efficient usage of space, but, but it's a great use of alliteration, yeah, it's like a, it's like a week of food or something like that in a bucket, I don't know, it's, it's, of wild. I've seen people, I've seen YouTubers, like, review it, actually. It was kind of funny. But, um, yeah, we, we get to see their, you know, their full, the full, I don't mean, I don't really know how you can break this down. I guess it goes by era. Like, that her is a very young child at the beginning, finding God in the church, you know. Um, and then her is, like, a college-age girl. Going to a Bible college, getting kicked out of a Bible college from getting married at a Bible college. Yeah. Um, which I mean, that's just some that's some Christian stuff right there. Um, well, old, well, very old fashioned Christian too. Yeah, fifties well. Christian. Um, and like you see her, uh, you see her struggle throughout um, as the person who is against. Um, like she, so she is a very accepting person. The one thing that can be said for her, she's not really like all the fraud stuff he gets indicted for because she's not really, she's not, she's not managing the finances of the family at all. She pretty much has, she just knows they're making money. She doesn't know where it's coming yeah. from. Right. She's very much like, you know, portrayed that way. Yeah. It's probably realistic. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. She wants to be on TV. She wants to sing. She wants to praise the Lord and, and help, she help wants people find to God, basically. love people. And, yes. like, that's her main message. And she gets in little tiffs with other evangelists for this reason, is that, you know, she's she's all for gay marriage. She's all for... Um, helping people helping, with AIDS. Yeah, helping people with AIDS, helping pregnant teenage mothers. All she really believes and what she preaches is that God loves you and yes. we should love each other. And so she kind of butts heads with some of the other Christians in the in yeah. the community that she's in for that reason, including like the head honcho guy, um, the Baptist guy. Yeah, yeah. Baptists. Um, a very long history of Baptists being bad, essentially. <laughs> like you can say that of any religion. But... Yes, but Baptist Southern Baptist is like a like a thing, you know. Something aren't all bad people. I'm not saying every Baptist is a bad person, but there's like the Westboro Baptist Church. Those are the people that would like scream slurs at veterans funerals and stuff like that. And like this, this guy is very much not a good person at all. Yeah. He is not preaching. He is preaching because he's getting money essentially. Mm -hmm. And uh, he is a terrible man. And you know, he is part of the reason why uh, Jim Baker is indicted, which that's not necessarily terrible in and of itself, but the way he goes about it, the is, way he goes about it is really scummy. Yeah, and he's just not—he's really not a good guy because he's very much like we got to help the Republican Party because the liberals are destroying the country, they're destroying Christian values. It's like, not really, but okay. Um, and then like, <laughs> and Tammy Faye even says, "I think we should keep politics out of the yeah. church." It's like, oh, separation of church and state—what a novel <laughs> idea! One of the concepts our country was supposed to be formed on. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and, and like, oh my gosh, that paramedic, they, one point she accidentally ODs on pills cause she's like freaking out or whatever. She doesn't realize that if she, I guess, I guess she never was told that if she takes yeah. too much out of van, it'll, it would like almost kill her, you know? 
Um, so she's just like, she goes, she's like, ODs, and there's this very much obviously gay paramedic mm-hmm. who's like, finishes like, you know, like, taking her pulse and everything. He's like, he's like, I'm so glad I've met you. Like, I, my friends aren't going to believe me when I yeah, tell Yeah, <laughs> I just love you. Yeah, that was yeah. really sweet. <laughs> it's like, it's nice because like, you know, she's just very much a wholesome, preaching acceptance. Yeah, there's just so much love. that that she doesn't understand. Like, it's it's hard to say the word ignorant because I feel like it's misused so much that it, like, has this negative connotation now. But she really is just, like, truly ignorant of all of the just shady things things that Jim is doing that she is connected to because they're married and they work together and they have children together. But she's not included in those conversations. And towards the end, I mean, when they not even the end when they start having children he he basically just puts her to the side like she's very much here's if she can help him then that he wants her right there and if he is doing his own thing he doesn't want her getting in the way and that's really hard for her and she she preaches all of these messages about love but she comes from a mother who divorced Tammy Faye's biological father and then is not accepted in the church. So Tammy Faye, the beginning scene that we see is not, as a child, is not allowed to go to church with her brothers and sisters, who I'm assuming are her half-brothers and sisters, her stepfather and her mother. Um, her stepfather is incredibly kind to her throughout the whole movie, which I yes, really like to that see. that was very nice. Um, but she, like, she laughs whenever her mother, like, kind of gets, like, flustered at odds with her and she's not in the wrong, so he's, he's like, chuckles and then goes... Yeah, he's he's a a good guy. But she is always kind of seeking that acceptance from her mother, and I think that kind of causes her to be the way that she is. Like, she seeks out Jim, who then will never fully accept her. There's this really, this scene that made me really sad, and it's when she is kind of backstage, and they don't know that she's there, and she hears Jim making fun of her, essentially, like, calling her a prostitute because she wears all that makeup, when the whole reason that they kind of, like, get together and meet is because he's preaching at their Bible school, doing, like, this practice session of preaching, and she gets into a tiff with the guy who's kind of leading that session, and he starts quoting, you know, oh, you're wearing makeup, you're a harlot, you're, you know, and she and Jim kind of bond over verses that say you should love people regardless and things like that so then later in the movie to see him saying like oh she looks like a clown she looks like a prostitute was just really really sad i felt bad for her yeah and it's crazy like you see the beginning of this movie you see her with all her makeup you see these little snippets of interviews of her on tv and you don't really expect to feel for her as much as you do at least i didn't I was like, this is going to be some, like, caricature, larger-than-life kind of lady. But at at the core, she just really wants people to love her. And she just wants to love people. Yeah. And she just gets put in crappy situations because she just didn't get set up in the right way with the right people. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, you know. Jessica Chastain deserved that Oscar. Well, yes, I think part of the reason that she really deserved that Oscar is because, and part of the reason the makeup department deserved the Oscar, (laughs) is they show, Jessica Chastain goes from being 20 to being like, uh, like 50 something. Incredibly convincingly. Yes. The makeup department knocks, they, they, you can, she looks like she's aging throughout the film. Like you can tell. And she does not look like Jessica Chastain. At all. At any point, really. (laughs) You have to, like, really search her face to find remnants of the actual actress in there. Yeah, it's wild. Absolutely wild. And then for for them, for her and Andrew Garfield, I mean, he couldn't be nominated for Best Actor twice. (laughs) So they picked one of them and gave him the uh, nomination. But he was great. He was, like, he he goes from being a happy-go-lucky 20-something college kid to 60 year old prison inmate inmate <laughs> f- refound god kind of an asshole guy he's never really an asshole asshole well he is a little bit That's but debatable. but like 
he's not he's never like a violent like mean person he's he does a, you know say some offensive stuff and he's very manipulative throughout the movie mm-hmm. but like you know he you see that transformation you know from happy go lucky to like greedy and like you know manipulative to like lost everything but still is kind of like a kind of, and and looks like he's might change you know yeah like in prison and the prison scene like it looked like you know he genuinely regretted what he was doing and then he might change yeah and then you, you know, in real life, it does not change really. I, I and I really didn't know anything about either of them <laughs> at all going into this. So I was kind of surprised that in that prison scene, she like thanks him for signing the divorce papers, because I fully thought, okay, well she ch- cheated on him and they got through that, and and that was a funny scene by the way too, because she's literally like getting in this guy's lap and then her water breaks because she's eight months pregnant, which I did not expect to happen. Um, and then he cheats on her to, like, get back at her, which actually it's, um... Much more like he ends up, uh, sexually assaulting Yeah, a he's, uh, accused of rape and tries to pay her hush money and stuff. Yeah. Um, and, but you just think, like, okay, well, they stayed together through all of that. They must have worked through it, I guess. Um, but she does have him sign the divorce papers, and she pretty quickly marries the... I forget what his job Some title Christian would have been. Builder yeah, Roe is the character. Um, Construction contractor. Yeah, those, he's building know. their their theme park, Which Heritage USA, I believe is what it's called. It's supposed to be a Christian theme park, and Jim accuses her of flirting with him. To, yeah. When she after they, Jim has him at the house. And he's trying to convince him to be a part of this theme park project. And he's really not getting anywhere with him. And Tammy shows up and she just gives this, honestly, it was really convincing speech about, it's just the way that she, she truly believes what she's saying and that's what's convincing about her. Yeah. It, she could be spouting absolute nonsense, but she it, is just so convincing because you know that she fully believes in what she's saying and you can kind of watch Ro getting captured in that that process of hers and so because of her he agrees to be a part of it and then at nighttime she tells jim like oh are you gonna say thank you and he's like what for flirting with him and he just does not really respect her at all no no very frustrating i wonder so like you know we're coming at this from a lens of not being one of those specific Christian religions that goes into televangelism, right? Okay. Without saying what what our religious affiliation is. Um, so I knew like, nothing about televangelism, period. And yeah. I don't think I would have regardless just because of the era we're in. I knew enough outrage stuff about how much those people were pulling in and like how how much mega churches make. That's, I mean, he how, said... Their salaries, because that's part of how they end up getting indicted, is he, this big Southern Baptist guy says, Major oh, I, yeah. yeah, he's like, oh, I'll, tell me what you make, you know, I want to make sure you get through, and that's how he turns them in, because he gets exact numbers from them. But Jim Baker's like, oh, I make about 300000 a year, and Tammy makes about 100000 a year. He's in, like, like, 1980s I know. Money. My mouth almost dropped to the floor. Oh my gosh. But like, so like, I, you know, and you know, the religion we're in does not, like, it doesn't do that. Like, like, you can't get married if you're a preacher or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so like, that's already like, supposed to be, and they talk about how in the beginning, whatever, whatever sect of Christianity she's a part of at the very beginning, it's like, uh, you know, Christianity is a religion of the poor, you mm-hmm. know? You know, you, uh, you, you're not supposed to have a bunch of stuff. Right, um, but and that's they they kind of fly in the face of that. Um, so like that stuff. Like I wonder if any. I wonder if any like people we know. I know some of your friends. I have some friends that are also like religious and are Christian, but aren't like like you know Catholic or like you know one of the other religions that doesn't affiliate with this kind of thing. Right. Like Catholics don't follow televangelism and those people. Right. Like I wonder. If they watched this, how they would react to it. What do you mean? Like, if they would be, like, if they would have a negative reaction to it, or if they would be, like, like, if they would, like, kind of, like, just brush it off a little bit. 
Yeah, I guess it would really depend on just how... That's what's interesting is that... I don't know how much you want to go into it. We are Catholic. Yeah, we're Catholic. And it just it helps to know that. Um, so no matter where we go, the Mass is always the same. Whereas yeah. if you are a different branch of Christianity and you go to different churches, it could be different for each church. Yeah, it could so be, it like, could super- be totally dependent on like what individual church you go to, like how you would react to that. Because coming from like a background of, in Catholicism, the whole movie, what was most difficult for me to wrap my brain around was like, people actually watched this and were convinced by this. And like part, part of it I understand, right? Because there's, I mean, a big gripe with the Catholic Church is the whole financial thing. Like, you know, they expect you to give money and things like that. You know, that's a big turnoff for a lot of people. So that part I could kind of understand. But just this whole idea of, like, people really thought, like, if I give you $15 a month, like, I, I, I don't know. It was, it was hard for me to understand. I just had a rant thought. Oh, great. <laughs> so part of the entire reason that everyone split off of Catholicism was because the Catholic Church was taking too much money right. from the congregation. Right. And... You know, Martin Luther was like, guys, I don't think we should be taking this much money. This is, there's actually nothing in the Bible about, um, what are they called? Uh, indulgences. Okay. Um, like the things that they would pay to get their sins removed, right? Yeah. And it was like, it was like, that there's, is like that's not in the Bible, so why are we doing that? Are we making a mistake? Like, should we not be doing that? And then they kick Martin Luther out of the church. They're like, no, we need to take the money. <laughs> um, and like, and then there was this, you know, all these other Christianity religions split off the Catholic Church because of that. So that we're now that we're watching a movie that's based on the other Christianity religions that split off the Catholic Church because they didn't want to pay the Catholic Church money anymore. And we're like, this is actually kind of BS. Because they had to pay money. Or now, like, yeah, sure, have thousands of dollars, random guy on TV who's talking about God. Just take my money. Take it all. Please, take, shut up and take my money. Well, in their defense, these are not the same people that were with Martin Luther. Well, that's Luther, true. Because this there was like, not TV then. <laughs> this is, like, 250 years removed from that time. More than that, Martin Luther was way earlier. But, like, just talking about, like, people leaving, you know, England to stop being Anglican, essentially. Right. When our country was formed. Like, America has been America for, like, almost 250 years at this point, right? Don't ask me yeah. about that kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. 250 <laughs> years, nearly. Like, in a couple of years, it's going to be the 250th anniversary of the United States. But, like, the fact that it's been, like, it's been, like, three, 400 years, and all of a sudden we've gone from, no, don't pay these guys any money. We need our own money to, yes, give me, t- take my money. I don't want my money. <laughs> Like, oh, if you could just double your pledge of $15 to 30 this month. It's like, this is 1979. And you see him That's asking... That's a shitload of money. You see him asking that exact question many, many times. They yeah. show a clip of him asking people to double um, You could buy a bicycle pledge. for $30. <laughs> Probably, I don't know actually how much a bicycle cost in 1970 or 1980 or whatever. But, like, still... Like, that's a lot of money, you know? Like, <laughs> counting for inflation, I don't even know how much that is, but it's probably over 100 yeah. bucks, right? And that's and the point not is, he doesn't use that money for what he says he's going no. to. Like, he, the money for the theme park, he pays to this woman that he rapes as a, as hush money, and then she doesn't hush, but, <laughs> and now she can tell them he also paid her off with all this money. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, if you ever give any, if anyone ever gives anybody hush money, it's pretty safe to assume nothing will be hushed, and you will have just given somebody twenty five thousand dollars to continue to tell your story. Yeah, and now you're in trouble for two things because you just used a ton of money that wasn't yours. In yeah. in the case of him, if you're ever gonna pay what? hush money, use your own money so they can't knock Here. you for trying. Is what is what the message of this movie is. Yeah, you know, that's the whole message. You won't get in trouble if you just pay out of pocket and rather than embezzling funds. Would you want to watch the documentary after watching this? Not really. You have no interest? No. I'm kind of curious, but I have found, I really am, like, biopics really appeal to me. Yeah. I I do think that I liked being the Ricardos a little bit more than I liked this one, but I had background knowledge on Lucille Ball and I Love Lucy more than I did on 
this because I don't know why I would know about this. But we should watch um, Vice or The Big Short then. Those are the two movies by the guy whose movie we've already hated, but I actually liked Vice. So yeah, you you've told me about both of them, and yeah. I would be interested to watch them. Don't Look Up was really bad, but Vice was actually pretty entertaining, and it makes you mad because you're watching stuff about the Republican Party. But right. you know, it, it was it was very interesting to like see the birth of Fox News. You know uh, how Donald Rumsfeld was in like Washington for so long. You know, it was very it was very cool. Kind of the story of uh, Dick Cheney, so okay, kind of neat. Well, we both rated the eyes of Tammy Faye entertaining. I stand by that. That was a pretty easy rating for me. It was good. Yeah. I don't think I'll think about it too much no. after this, but no. I enjoyed it while we were watching it. I thought Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield were fantastic. Yes. That if if I had to pin down like what what is the main appeal or best part about this movie, those two, their acting in this movie. I, fantastic Mm -hmm. i'm so i'm so glad we actually watched it because as you know from our oscars episodes we did have hit a few not so great movies doing that best picture project but watching this which was not up for best picture but jessica chastain won best actress was well worth kind of revisiting the oscar idea and and finally getting to see it so that's gonna be all from us this week yep a little bit of marvel a little bit of Oscars. Who knows what's coming next week? I don't know about a little bit of Marvel. We talked for like over half an hour. Did we talk or did you talk? I ranted for probably ten minutes, okay? I the rest li- of it was both of us. I've listened to your Professor X rant twice now. That's that's my... Did it get better the second <laughs> time? Was it, more, was it more well put together? It was time? more coherent. Good job. Okay, good. <laughs>